0: Sit by my side, come oh, as close. Cool.
1: So, we're here today to remember and honor Phil Oaks, especially the music of Phil Oaks. And um, Harold and I are going to say a few words about him, and then we'll have some music. Um, Viva Arseri is here, who's the brother of Vincent, he's going to do a couple songs. Then I'll do a song with my brother Willie, and then Willie and his singing partner Jan Scruggs will do a couple songs. Um, so, Phil Oaks, so says Wikipedia was born December 19, 1940, died April 9, 1976. He was an American protest singer, or as he preferred to be called, a topical singer and songwriter. He was known for his sharp wit, sardonic humor, humanism, political activism, insightful lyrics, and distinctive voice. He wrote many, many songs in the 60s and released eight albums in his lifetime. Harold has put a few of them up here for you to peruse. For me, uh, part of my always being drawn to him was really the music. Uh, He, aside from writing provocative songs, he was a a poet and uh, had beautiful melodies for some of his songs. He wrote protest songs, but he also wrote some very lovely ballads. Um, He described himself as a, quote, left social democrat, unquote, who became, an quote, early revolutionary, unquote, after the protests of the 1968 Democratic National Convention. After years of prolific writing in the 60s his mental stability declined in the 70s and he eventually succumbed to a number of problems including bipolar disorder and alcoholism and took his own life in 1976 at the age of 35. He was born in El Paso, Texas. His father was a physician who was born in New York and his mother was born in Scotland. His parents married in Edinburgh when the father was attending medical school. His father treated soldiers wounded at the Battle of the Bulge and apparently because of this suffered post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and he also had bipolar disorder. He worked at, his father worked at a series of hospitals around the country and was really unable to establish a successful medical practice. The family moved frequently to Far Rockaway, New York when Oaks was a teenager, then to Perrysburg in upstate New York where he first studied music, and then to Columbus, Ohio. He grew up with an older sister, Sonia, known as Sunny, and a younger brother, Michael. They were a middle-class Jewish family, but not religious. His father was distant from his wife and children, and his father was hospitalized for depression and died in 1963 from a cerebral hemorrhage. As a teenager, Oakes was a talented clarinet player. He played clarinet with the orchestra at Capitol University Conservatory of Music in Ohio, and he became a soloist before he was 16. Although originally trained in classical music, he soon became interested in other sounds he heard on the radio, such as Icons, Buddy Holly, Elvis Presley, etc. Um, He went to Staunton Military Academy in rural Virginia, and after graduating, returned to Columbus, and enrolled in Ohio State University. Unhappy after his first semester, he took a leave of absence and went to Florida. When in Miami, at age 18, he was jailed for two weeks for sleeping on a park bench, and he said at that time, during that time, he decided that he wanted to be a journalist. He returned to Ohio State to study journalism, developed an interest in politics, with a particular interest in the Cuban Revolution of 1959. He began writing newspaper articles, often on radical themes. When the student paper refused to publish some of his more radical articles, he started his own underground newspaper called The Word. His two main interests, politics and music, soon merged, and he began writing topical political songs. His parents and brother had moved to Cleveland, and he started performing professionally there as opening act for a number of musicians. In in the summer of 1961, he met Bob Gibson, singer-songwriter, who became the seminal influence on his writing, he said. He became disappointed at not being appointed editor-in-chief of the college newspaper and dropped out in his last semester without graduating. He left for New York to become a folk singer, arrived in New York City in 62, and began performing in numerous small folk nightclubs, uh, becoming an integral part of the Greenwich Village scene. By the summer of 63, he was sufficiently well-known in folk circles to be invited to sing at the Newport Folk Festival. Where he performed Too Many Martyrs, which was co written with Bob Gibson, and a song called The Power and the Glory, which is really, I think, almost equal to This Land Is Your Land. It's a song about the beauty of America. Um, so, other performers at this folk festival included Peter Paul and Mary, Joan Baez, Dylan, and Tom Paxton. Uh, whom he became friends with. He returned to Newport in 64 when he performed Draft, Dodger, Rag and other songs and was widely praised. For some reason, I'm not clear, he was not invited to appear in 1965. And this was the folk festival where Dylan came out with electric guitar. During the early period of his career, he and Dylan had a very friendly rivalry. In 62, Oakes married Alice Skinner, who was pregnant with their daughter, Megan, in the City Hall ceremony in New York. They separated in 65, but never divorced. Like many of his generation, he deeply admired President John F. Kennedy, even though he disagreed with the President on issues such as the Bay of Pigs invasion, etc. When Kennedy was assassinated on November 22, 1963, he wept. He told his wife that he thought he was going to die that night. It was the only time she ever saw him cry. In the later 60s, he was unhappy that his work was not receiving the critical acclaim and popular success he had hoped for. Although he was trying new things musically, he did not abandon his protest roots. He was profoundly concerned with the escalation of the Vietnam War, performing tirelessly at anti-war rallies across the country and organizing several the-war-is-over get-togethers. Other topical songs of this period he wrote include Outside of a Small Circle of Friends, which was inspired by the murder of Kitty Genovese, who was stabbed to death outside her New York City apartment building while dozens of her neighbors reportedly ignored her cries for help. He was involved in the creation of the Youth International Party, known as the Yippies, along with Jerry Rubin and Abby Hoffman. At the same time, he actively supported Eugene McCarthy's more mainstream bid for the 68 Democratic nomination for president. The events of 1968, the assassination of Martin Luther King and Robert F. Kennedy, the police riot in Chicago, and the election of Richard Nixon left him feeling disillusioned and depressed. The Vietnam War ended on April 30, 1975. Oakes planned a final War Is Over rally, which was held in New York City's Central Park on May 11. More than 100,000 people came to hear Oakes, joined by Harry Belafonte, Odetta, Pete Seeger, and others. Oakes and Joan Baez sang a duet of There But For Fortune, a song written by Phil Oakes, and he closed with his song The War Is Over. His drinking became more and more of a problem, and his behavior became increasingly erratic after that time. In mid-1975, he took on the identity of John Butler Train. He told people that Train had murdered Oakes and that he, John Butler Train, had replaced him. Oakes' friends tried to help him. His brother, Michael, attempted to have him committed to a psychiatric hospital. Friends pleaded with him to get help voluntarily. They feared for his safety because he was getting into fights with bar patrons. Unable to pay his rent, he began living on the streets. In January 1976, he moved to Far Rockaway, New York, to live with his sister, Sunny. He was lethargic. He watched TV and played cards with his nephews, pretty much doing nothing else. He saw a psychiatrist who diagnosed bipolar disorder. He was prescribed medication. And he told his sister he was taking it. On April 9, 1977, he committed suicide. I wanted to just play two verses of uh, one song which reflects Phil Oaks' irreverence for all walks of life. He, he complained about liberals, conservatives, and those who are politically indifferent. <laughs> and this is a song called Love Me, I'm a Liberal. I'll just do two verses of it to give you a little feel. And then we're going to have uh, several musicians come up and do several of his songs for you. i cried when they shot medgar evers tears ran down my spine and i cried when they shot mr kennedy for he was a father of mine but malcolm x got what was coming he got what he asked for this time so love me love me love me i'm a liberal here slides I cheered when Humphrey was chosen my faith in the system restored and I'm glad that the commies were thrown out of the AFL-CIO board And I love Puerto
0: Ricans and Negroes as long as they don't live next door. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal.
1: Now I would like to uh, bring up Viva to do a couple songs. And then my brother and I will do a song, and then uh, he and Jan will do a couple more to finish up. Viva.
0: I've been taught about starting off well with a happy-go-lucky one or a
2: dark one, but with the dark comes the light. The Phil Oaks went up and down like a light creative People do. And so this is... This is, he, was, he was a bit very torn about what was going down in Vietnam. He was very torn about his, his divorce and everything. So it's, I guess you'd call it a bit on the dark side. I don't know if I'll leave the mic.
0: Is there anybody here who like to change the clothes into a uniform? Is there anybody here who thinks they're standing taller on a raging star? Oh, 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 oh. Is there anybody here with glory in his eyes, love to the end, whose duty is the die? I want to see him. I want to wish him love. I want to shake his hand. I want to call his name. For the Is there anybody here who likes to ride the flag around in her lake? Is there anybody here who thinks that standing taller on a battle with it? Is Is there anybody here who likes to do a small a soldier to the world, a hero to the sound? I want to see him. I want to wish him luck. I want to shake his hand. I want to call his name. I'd like to ask them what is driving to the fence. I'd like to ask them what is they just going to win. Is there anybody here who thinks I follow where they always take your Is there anybody here who wasn't a murder by a mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anybody here whose pride is on the line? Out of the fray, in the courage of the man, I wanna see him. I wanna wish his luck. I wanna shake his hand. I wanna call his name for the medal man. Here, the face that's standing taller on the raging storm. Oh, 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 oh. Is there anybody here with glory in his eyes? Love to the end, whose duty is to die. I want to see him, I want to wish him luck, I want to shake him. Wasn't I murdered by another man? Is there anybody here who's present?
1: Before we continue the music, uh, Harold Stillman also wants to say some words about Phil Oaks.
2: Okay. Uh, this is Phil Oaks, what he looked like, just so you know. Uh, Jim made a reference to the 1968 Democratic Convention where Oh, oh, Uh, Jim made a a reference to the 1968 Democratic Convention where there were riots to quell the demonstrations by people who were opposing what was going on inside and that had a profound effect on Phil and in 68 he put out this album with a mock tombstone which has a picture of him in front of an American flag dressed in Revolutionary War garb carrying a musket and it says below his name, American in parentheses, born in El Paso, Texas, 1940, died in Chicago, Illinois, 1968. Phil Oaks I was a fan of Phil Oaks back then, and he was an extremely popular performer. He performed to sell out crowds in New York City's Town Hall and Carnegie Hall. He had, um, I think he went to Carnegie Hall several from 1963 until, I think, 1970, always performing before sold-out crowds. And there was also, um, he put out this songbook, which I happen to have bought. This was put out in March of 1968, during the height of his popularity. And this songbook, sold 8,000 copies in its first month of publication and in its first year, 25,000 copies. So there are a lot of Phil Oaks fans out there. And it includes his sheet music, his interviews, and some of his uh, poems and stories as well as photographs. I want to read the introduction, um, which shows his sense of humor that was written by a contemporary folk artist named Judy Henske and it's entitled About the Author and she writes, I'll never forget the one time I saw Phil Oakes perform. It was in Hollywood and the crowd was tense with electric anticipation as the incredibly dapper figure walked out on the stage. Phil looked great that night, his crisp black hair had been freshly coiffed, his dark skin and eyes setting off both the startling brilliance of his freshly capped teeth and the red silk lining of his beautifully tailored tuxedo. In lightly accented English, he introduced the first big hit, La Bamba. A roar went up as the crowd started singing and clapping along. He followed this tour de force with Lemon Tree and If I Had a Hammer, What a Performer! He was called back for encore after encore. On the bill with Phil Oaks that night was a sloppy, long-winded protest singer whose name I forget. I left in the middle of his act. <laughs> yeah. For those you who don't know, she was referring to the first performance uh, Texan folk singer who was very popular at the time, Trini Lopez. Um, also, in the songbook, he has a section which the facetiously titled, The Critics Raved. And it shows a picture of him standing in a trash can. And let me just read a couple of these with these critics. These were real criticisms at the time. Uh, Let's see, from High Fidelity Magazine. His melodies are about as inventive as the average Tibetan chant. Um, Let's see. uh, Okay, Esquire, this was written by Robert Criscow, who is the music editor for for, um, Esquire. Too bad his guitar playing would not suffer much while his right hand webbed. Okay, and this one, which after he produced this album called Pleasures of the Harbor in 1967, uh, the critic from Boston Broadside wrote, the record jacket depicts the artist as an immigrant and to the land of art song, he is certainly... Hello? Okay. Hello. Uh, Congresswoman Bella Abzug, a Democrat from New York, an outspoken anti-war activist herself who had appeared at the 1975 War Is Over rally entered this statement into the congressional record on April 29th, 1976. Mr. Speaker, a few weeks ago, a young folk singer whose music personified the protest mood of the 1960s took his own life. Phil Oakes, whose original compositions were compelling moral statements against war in Southeast Asia, apparently felt that he had run out of words. While his tragic action was undoubtedly motivated by terrible personal despair, his death is a political as well as an artistic tragedy. I believe it is indicative of the despair many of the activists of the 1960s are experiencing as they perceive a government which continues the distortion of national priorities that is exemplified in the military budget we have before us. Phil Oakes' poetic pronouncements were part of a larger effort to galvanize his generation into taking action to prevent war, racism, and poverty. He left us a legacy of important songs that continue to be relevant in 1976 even though the war is over. Just one year ago during this week of the anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War, Phil recruited entertainers to appear at the War is Over celebration in Central Park at which I spoke. It seems particularly appropriate that this week we should commemorate the contributions of this extraordinary young man. And finally Robert christgau he was the Esquire music critic who said, uh, talked about Phil webbed right hand, wrote, um, I came around to liking Phil Oakes's music, guitar included. My affection for Oakes no doubt prejudiced me, so it is worth noting that many observers who care more for folk music than I do remember both his compositions and his vibrato tenor as close to the peak of the genre.